0: Shed some light, episode 207 coming to you on a Monday. Michael and Jack are back, Miller lights in hand. Bosh. This is about to be a Bosh episode. Bosh. Shout out to Big John on TikTok, dude. Hope everyone had a fantastic week and an even better Thanksgiving filled with uh, family, friends, and good food. We are back to talk everything that has happened in the last week, sports wise, not sports wise. We're going to see where the episode takes us. Right off the bat, let's just jump into some Notre Dame football talk. Notre Dame loses the final regular season game to USC. I'm going to take partial blame on this one. Okay. Because, so for those who don't know, since 2012, I have had a pair of lucky boxers. No. Listen to me. Listen to this. So, I... from the 2012 season at the start of the year I got a pair of boxers that had Notre Dame the Notre Dame monogram logo all over them. Yeah. Right? I wore them every game of the 2012 season Notre Dame makes it to the national championship. I was like, alright, these are my lucky boxers. I wore them 12 Saturdays a year from 2012 to 2021. The Brian Kelly era basically. Mm -hmm. Wore them again to start the 2022 season. Okay. As we all know, rough start to the year. Yeah. Okay. I retired those boxers. I said, that's Brian Kelly Juju. We're going to get a fresh start with Marcus Freeman. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with that. Yes and no. I switched boxers and shaved the mustache starting right before the UNLV game. Okay. Okay. So, with my new lucky boxers, and by the way, they are green with shamrocks all over them, and they say okay. lucky around the top. So, they are okay. literally the lucky boxers. Uh, since UNLV, I've been wearing this pair of boxers, shaved mustache, Notre Dame's gone 5-0 and on a hot streak. I woke up in a cold sweat Saturday morning because I could not find these boxers. Okay. I did not know where they were. I was searching all over. I was searching the apartment. I was searching my parents' house. Could not find them. Uh, took me into the game on Saturday. Still could not find them. Went back. I started the game off in the Brian Kelly old boxers just to try and keep the juju going. And it was 10 to nothing USC before I found the lucky boxers. And where were the other ones? The... the the current Marcus Freeman lucky boxers were still in the dryer from last weekend. So they were clean. I wash them It's every inexcusable. Weekend. But uh, 10 points of that game fall on my shoulders and it hurts. Yep. That's inexcusable. You got to check the dryer. I know. Got to check the dryer. I know. I was searching all over. Dresser, hamper, drawers, closet, anywhere I could think of. Obviously, it, it slipped my mind that I needed to check the dryer. I normally fold my clothes as soon as they're done, and uh, for some reason I didn't, and that one, that really hurt. But, Notre Dame Falls, last game of the regular season, 8-4 and four year. Uh, I did it, not watch the game with you, Jack, so I want to get your thoughts. It, it, I think that game hurt the most because... There are a couple of tiny mistakes that we could have turned around. And, like, I legitimately believe we easily could have won that game and, or at least competed a little bit more. Like, the, the start of the third quarter, you don't fumble that, that on that opening drive, you score there. It's 17 14. Instead, it's 24 7. That 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 was a a, huge point fumble. Huge fucking swing. It took seven away from Notre Dame because Notre Dame was driving to open half and then it gave seven to USC. Yeah. So that's like one of those things where like that happens. Who knows what the fuck happens the rest of the game. Agreed. Um I thought the refs were absolute ass cheeks. They USC's offensive line got away with holding every single fucking play. Like there, there wasn't an offensive play for USC that 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 O line didn't hold somebody. And I know the like the joke is like you can call holding on every single play, which is true. But like there were multiple plays where it was like, okay, this guy's making a run for the quarterback, and their O lineman is just fucking dragging him backwards. It's like, dude, you're not allowed to do that. I'm very confused because correct me if I'm wrong. Those were ACC refs. I guess so. Yeah how is how was that possible because i thought it was the home fields home field teams conferences refs that officiated games so they should have been pac 12 refs the acc refs have screwed notre dame all year long they have been absolute trash bags to the point where jack swarbrick needs to go to the acc and have a legitimate conversation on do these officials actually even know the proper rules of football like, they have been that bad. And I, I, I'm not trying to make an excuse because USC outplayed Notre Dame. I'll hand up. Yeah. They did. But the ACC refs, regardless of whether it was the USC game or not, have been trash bags all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you were listening to the game, but Reese Davis just fully admitted he was a USC fan. Like, <laughs> on, on national television. I, I said, I was f- like, are you fucking kidding me? I said it before the game. Kirk Herbstreet, um, I think he does a fantastic job when he does the NFL games. Like when he calls the Thursday night games this year on Prime, mm-hmm. I think he's a great commentator. When he calls college games, I just want to. He, he could not be. He could not be more biased. Like insanely biased. Like I said, Reese Davis fully admitted to being a USC fan on national television. It's like, okay, these are these are the two guys we're having for a fucking college football game? Don't, don't you, as... I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of being a commentator on a national broadcast on a big network, but, like, don't they have to do, like, research ahead of time? Because there were multiple opportunity, or multiple times, where they just called the wrong person. That there was a catch down the middle of the field... That was Dion Colsey, and they're like Jaden Thomas with the reception. I was like, "What they're, are you and, watching?" And, it's and like then, their numbers then, aren't even close to being the same. Not even close. And then Reese Davis on that one play where he was like USC really close to the to uh, completing the first down there, and it, it turned out to be like fourth and nine. Yeah, I was like, w- "What?" Yeah, they were they were like painful to listen to. Like, they—like, obviously the game sucked because Notre Dame lost. They made it, like, 15 times worse. And again, I'm trying to take out all biases here because obviously we're coming at it from a Notre Dame lens. But, like, it's one thing when you when you just, like—maybe you say something like, oh, that was a hold and it was actually an Ill- ineligible man downfield. Something, like— a, a little mix up like that when you just blatantly get someone's name wrong and their jersey numbers aren't even close to yeah. similar like what are you doing yeah they they were they were painful to listen to the whole game um what what was worse the uh officiating or the commentators uh the officiating <laughs> both not bad. yeah not it one a one b yeah but i'm gonna go with officiating yeah. first um just because like I said, like there's there's one thing if it's like a hold and it's you know a run play up the middle, but like when you have a mobile quarterback like Caleb Williams and you're giving him the help of every time Notre Dame blitzes, they're going to hold somebody and he's getting that call, he's not getting that call any, every time. Like you're just playing into what he does even better. Agreed. Like, you're just helping out someone who doesn't need to be helped out. And it's like, dude, like, they, like there were so many plays where it's like, okay, we should have had a sack. And, like, again, like I said, he's a mobile quarterback, so he can run, he can scramble, he can do whatever. But, like, we should have had, I would say, about three, maybe four sacks on him where it was just like that guy's just blatantly holding our defensive lineman. So a couple thoughts uh, along the Caleb Williams front. One, uh, I'll tip my cap to him. I think he is a really good player, really good quarterback. Um, Patrick Mahomes-esque, where basically every single team in college wishes that they had him. And about 90 to 95% of the NFL teams probably wish they had Mm -hmm. a quarterback like that. Uh, I have also heard that he's an absolute douchebag on and off the field. So it pains me that good things like that happen to bad people because that just shouldn't happen. Um, But that also should have shined the absolutely brightest spotlight on the fact of Notre Dame is a quarterback away from being an extremely dangerous team. Yep. Like, you're competing with a top... Right now they're they're they top USC five. came in at four, I think, in this week's A P poll. Mm-hmm. Like you're competing with a top four team with your second string quarterback. And Drew Pine, don't get me wrong, I love him. But he is just an elite backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like he should be the Chase Daniel, the next generation Chase Daniel. Like makes millions of dollars holding a clipboard and you see him seven times in his career. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame gets a legitimate quarterback, and I'm not even saying Caleb Williams level because like, that's like Caleb Williams, Patrick Mahomes. Like, you come across those quarterbacks once every f- 10 to 15 years, I'm going to mm-hmm. say. You get just a, a, a better-than-mediocre quarterback, and Notre Dame is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, I also thought there was a lot of plays, especially on third down last night, where... Our defense, like, started great on the play and then ended horribly. And that's another thing where it's like, you could say, like, yeah, if they have a quarterback, yeah, if they don't, like, break down on a couple third downs, that game's totally different, too. Because it felt like, on third down especially, if the play went on longer than five seconds, somebody on USC was wide fucking open. Wide open. I'm really confused. Um... On, so, like, it would be one thing if what's been working for Notre Dame this past month, they've gone 5-0, and right, has clearly been working against every opponent that they've come across, whether it's been a top-ranked team like Clemson or a not-so-good team like Boston College, right? That's Their defensive scheme especially has been working. Why did Al Golden think that it was going to work to just completely switch that up for the last game because we decided to go to a three-three-five defensive scheme where we're taking away a defensive lineman where our defensive line has been dominating and we're adding a linebacker where our linebacking core has been the weakest part of the defensive side of the ball i mean i think you kind of just explained it right there no you're taking away from something that has the best to give it to something that has the worst so that you could have good at both places. Was but, I'm guessing was his thought. But, uh, okay, so why didn't we just stick to a 4-2-5 so you have your best players on the field? I I 100% agree. You're, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I get where he's coming from where he says that, but, like, I 1,000% agree with you. Like, a 3-3-5 defense against Caleb Williams... You needed to get pressure on him. I get that. But it's not like Notre Dame's linebackers have played spectacularly in any game this year. Maris Leofow continued like the entire game. If you watched every single fire pressure that he had on USC, it was the same thing that we were talking about at the beginning of the year, where he was just crashing into the offensive lineman and getting stuffed. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you setting these kids up to succeed? mm-hmm and I don't know at least for me last night like it felt a lot like I love JD Bertrand you know everything that he's done for Notre Dame great player holy shit you are so goddamn unathletic it's not even funny like you are the slowest fucking guy I've ever seen dude it felt like you were wearing fucking ankle weights out there he you, you can't cover you couldn't cover me you fucking you can't cover anybody on USC. The only thing you can do is just fucking stuff the line and be like an extra lineman, basically. And that was where I felt last night, where it was like, okay, like if I was USC, I would just be like, I'm gonna put a lot, or put my running back in motion. I'm gonna have him up against JD Bertrand, and we're gonna throw the ball to him all fucking night. But and that's where it goes back to what I was saying about switching it up to the three three five. If if USC would have beat you with what. Notre Dame has been doing, like, what their defensive identity was for the last month that's been working, I'd have been like, all right, hand up. Like, they're just the better team right now, which pisses me off because they're just an NFL team that acquires talent through the transfer portal, aka free agents, and doesn't actually develop it. But like, like I said, if they were to beat you at your own game, good for them. But the fact that you tried to change it up and failed miserably and then didn't make any adjustments on top of that is more of an indictment on the coaching staff than it is on the players that are on the field because you cannot convince me top to bottom that Notre Dame didn't have a more talented roster yeah i, I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that they didn't have a more talented roster I won't say that but I'll say that they they had the talent to beat USC. If that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not going to say that they had a more talented roster. I I I would put my life savings on that. Because USC's defense stinks. And they showed up and played the game of their life on Saturday night. Yeah. Their, USC's offense, phenomenal. I'll give it to them. They're just really good. And I hate that. But they're really good. Mm-hmm. But... Notre Dame's offense should have just demolished. And And, and then... It went back to again. This was another game where I don't. I think Tommy Reese had a couple moments where it was like, hey, great plays, but like 50 50. Like he had, a, he had a lot of times so I was like, dude, what the fuck are you running? The, uh, the Jets, the, the Jets sweep play on third down, the yeah, was, was the, the dumbest th- thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You have a 240 pound ball. running back, give it to him. The, it, was, uh, it was second and four, and we didn't hand the ball off to Audrey Gasme two times. Mitch- Any time that it's second and under 5, that ball should be going to Audrey Castamay both times. The Mitchell package when they tried to get that fourth down is so dumb. Th- he needed to pick up. Like I understand if you run that on like fourth and inches. That was a legit fourth and 2. Yeah. He's not going to pick up 2 yards. Yeah. It w- that was that was so idiotically stupid that I was like, "What are we doing? Like what the fuck is happening?" Like that was that was very bad, but I I guess you could say that that's the silver lining, right? Like Notre Dame played their worst game in a while and they lost by eleven. If they play a half decent game, I think we win that. If Drew Pine plays like he did the last f- the f- five games leading up to US. I don't even think it was Drew Pine's fault. It it wasn't. It well, the fumble. The fumble. Sure. That's and then it. the fumble then forced him into needing to try and create sure. plays which led to the interceptions but but if you're like ranking if you ma- if you had to make a list of people to blame for that loss he's not in my top 5 hmm i don't know about that he like he had a very normal game besides the fumble. And I get it that the fumble like I said, you know, that's a game changer. That's a 14 and point did, swing. And you see him on the sideline too. He was beating himself up on that and I just felt so bad. Like yeah. he he has uh I don't even know like the proper analogy here, but like he has played so far above his talent level that it's crazy that like a a five ten kid from New Canaan, Connecticut, is leading a team up against like these giants of college football, mm-hmm. and goes back to my original point. Like Notre Dame is just a quarterback away from being an elite program. Yeah, like I said, I Tommy Reese is up there. I even think Al Golden is up there. Um, J D Bertrand's up there. There's a lot of people that I'm going to blame. I'm not going to, like, sit there and be like, fucking, Drew Pine is the reason we lost that game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I will say, now that we've had a full season to see how all of the coaching hires have shaken out from the offseason, Al Golden has been one of my least favorite hires. Really? Yeah. Because I just think he's very inconsistent. So why but I, would that be good? Yeah, but it's not like it's not like something where I am I don't know how to describe this. Like I think he'll adjust and I trust him to make changes and adjust to be more consistent. If it was you're inconsistent and I don't have any faith in you, then I'd be like, That's a problem. But I think he's good enough to like he has shown at times that he can he can create a defense that can stop the best offense one of the best offenses in college football he's shown that mm-hmm. so if you can show that and you can be consistent with that then I'm fine so you just have to be consistent if it's one thing if it's like this guy's just getting out schemed left right and center then I'd be like okay this guy stinks so what I really liked about Al Golden at the beginning of the season was he had a preseason press conference where he was talking about how in the NFL you can't wait until halftime to make adjustments. You got to make them series by series. And I was like, all right, dude, let's go. I'm fired up for you. And they haven't done that. And then he just, in my opinion, he sets his game plan at the beginning of the game and he's like, regardless of what happens, we're going to do this for 60 minutes of football. Yeah. And you can't do that. But to be fair, uh, our entire team does that, offense and defense. That we've said this, uh, it, we probably sound like a broken record. We don't make any fucking adjustments um, ever. on On either side of the ball. Anywhere, dude. We don't make adjustments. We don't make enough. I think the offense has done it better than the defense, which is sure. which is surprising because you go like the last three Notre Dame defensive coordinators. Uh, Clark Lee was just elite at halftime adjustments. Like I would go into halftime so confident with the Clark Lee defense because whatever happened in the first half, I could guarantee you that he was going to figure out how to shut it down in the second half. Like it was just a no brainer. Like, boom, you saw what was going to happen. You figured it out. You put the puzzle pieces in order and nothing was going to happen in the second half. Mm-hmm. Marcus Freeman was, uh, not necessarily to that level, but good enough where I was like, okay, like you, you understood the situation, you figured out what they were doing, you were going to make adjustments to stop it. Al Golden, in my opinion, especially in this first year, has been, I'm going to set the game plan at the beginning of the game, regardless of whether or not it works, we're going to stick with it, because that's what I think should work according to their game plan, and then they make further adjustments, the opponent makes further adjustments at halftime, and uh, they're just kind of stuck treading water, trying to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree, but like I said, I I don't think that's a specifically Al Golden type of thing. I just think it's an everybody on Notre Dame type of thing. Like, I don't think anybody made adjustments, ever. I mean, we talked about it all the time, like, against Marshall, like, with Tommy Reese, where it was like, we threw one deep ball the entire game, and the guy fucking smoked him, and it was a wide-open throw, and it just missed it. And instead of being like, okay, let's make an adjustment, And be like, hey, let's do that a couple more times because the play worked. He was like, oh, play didn't work. Now let's never run that again. That's the wrong adjustment to make. So I think that our entire fucking coaching staff doesn't make correct adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's something you got to work on. I will say this. Like, I'm confident in Notre Dame going forward. Oh, me too. Me too. Like, my my confidence has not wavered from the second that we hired Marcus Freeman. The, yeah, and as the loss to end the season to USC, like, it does not change my outlook moving forward. I'm still like, fully... Like, does it, does it hurt? Yeah, for sure. But does it change where, like, how I believe in this program? No, not at all. This game also solidified... I know we've talked about it in the past. Uh, it solidified the... My feeling of rivalries mm-hmm. for Notre Dame, like I it's USC and Michigan, that's it. I dislike USC. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like ah, dang it, dude, they beat us. Okay, I hate Michigan. Yeah, like ha- like seeing them beat Ohio State pissed me off, and they weren't even playing Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I'm already which, over. I'm already over the USC loss. Yeah, like which it, it's just i dusted off my shoulders carry on with my day i cannot stand michigan yeah which i will tip my hat to michigan they looked very good they looked really fucking good you also i mean ohio state just flat out quit dude okay well first of all we want to talk about a d coordinator what the fuck was ohio state's d coordinator doing Dude, he had eight people in the box and just had all of them blitz. And it was like the, their O-line, Michigan's O-line, who was already extremely good, had to make a singular block, and then it was just like off to the fucking races with their line, with their running backs. It was the most idiotic defensive scheme I've ever seen in my entire life. If I was an Ohio State fan, I'd be calling for that dude's job. And he's like a first-year D coordinator at Ohio State. I mean, he's been a D coordinator before. But, yeah. like, it made— no fucking sense what he oh, was doing. It's uh, it's Jim Knowles, yeah, the guy that was at uh, Oklahoma State when we played yeah. him in the bowl game last year, dude. It it made no fucking sense what he was calling. None of it, dude. I'm I'm really interested to see where Ohio State goes in the future because Jim Knowles is notorious for having a terrible defense the first year anywhere he goes to coach, and then they're just they get really good after that. Yeah, which is frightening because Ohio State's already really good. So, is uh, college football playoffs going to be Georgia, USC, TCU, and Michigan? As of right now, that's what it's looking like. Whoever plays Michigan, just I better blow their. Doors it's going to be off. fucking TCU and Michigan. It's going to be also- Georgia and Michigan in the national title. Wait, say that again? It's going to be Georgia and Michigan in the national title. Because it's going to be Georgia-USC, and it's going to be TCU versus Michigan. And that, I don't have faith sucks. in TCU. That sucks. You know what would really suck? A fucking Michigan-USC national title. <laughs> I, would, I don't, I don't, I don't even myself. know if I would watch that. I'd jump out the window. I don't know if I would watch that. Um, the, the Big Ten... Just Rearrange your conferences, the, dude. They they lost all legitimacy when they did the whole conference, re- or like, inter-conference realignment dude, thing. Get the fuck out of here. Because the fact that Michigan is playing Purdue, Purdue. Oh, God, for dude. the Big Ten Championship. Like, the Ohio State-Michigan is the true Big Ten Championship dude. right there. And the fact that they're on the same side of the conference there is idiotic. Like, you can't have that. Purdue okay in the big 10 championship i listen i i never who else is on that side of the bracket sucks. because that's the biggest w- cakewalk it's in wisconsin the history of- and iowa and they both have had iowa? Ex- yeah extremely bad years <laughs> speaking of wisconsin i just read something on the bottom of the espn little ticker there Luke uh, yeah yeah don't hate it if you're a wisconsin fan it's probably a good move i also think firing their previous head coach was a stupid move Yeah, Luke Fickle going from Cincinnati to the thinking that he gets the Notre Dame job, which I'm so thankful that he didn't, to then Wisconsin, like I don't know. Okay, first of all, I I don't hate Fick I don't hate Luke Fickle the way that you hate him. I don't know why you have this like hate for him. Because he like opposed Marcus Freeman to get the job here. Like I don't like I think he's a good coach. Um well, yeah. I, I think he's a good coach too, but he's like a Caleb Williams of coaches, where his his nickname has been "Big Dick Fick" because he's an absolute douchebag. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't a want lot of, that lot guy. Of, a lot of coaches are douchebags. I don't want that guy leading my program. The the results are the results, dude. Fucking, who cares how you get there? Hey, if I'm gonna back a guy, I want him to be a sure. I'm solid backing Marcus dude, Freeman. Like Marcus Freeman. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um. But at the same time, like, how funny would it be if Purdue actually beat Michigan? I would die. Dude, that would be the funniest that. shit of all time. <laughs> that would be the funniest shit of literally of all time. And then you got to put Purdue in the playoffs, right? <laughs> Big Ten champion, you got to put them in there. I don't know what would happen. Speaking of— Because uh, then, then what would happen? Like, who do you put in? Because, because Michigan shitbagging Ohio State versus Michigan losing to Purdue, like, what's, does one outweigh the other? Who's like five six seven right now? Uh it's LSU like Alabama. And you, can't, you can't put LSU. you can't put a two loss team in. Well, LSU's also gotta play Georgia. Okay, so, so the, the three loss. Three loss LSU. That's not gonna happen. Then it's Bama, which is a two, two loss, loss team. Two loss not gonna happen. Uh Tennessee. Tennessee's up there. Uh I think Utah might be up there. I don't know what would happen. You put Clemson in comes as a one loss ACC they, champion. If they beat well, North when Carolina when they beat North Carolina because North Carolina sucks. And I'm so fucking glad they lost to NC State. You goddamn cowards. Suck it. And I'm glad that they had the chance to tie and go to another overtime and they fucked it up. I'm glad it wasn't like a UNC played great and they did this like spectacular thing to win the game. I'm glad that North Carolina fucked it up. <laughs> I'm so glad that North Carolina fucked it up. You absolute losers yeah yeah another well okay so going back to talking about clemson uh south carolina beats clemson and did you see the post-game videos of spencer rattler trying to pull the joe burrow smoking yeah. the cigar yeah. the cigar in the locker room after, after that, being like eight and five that was like joe burrow looked so cool doing that and spencer rattler was looked like the kid that was trying to be cool in high yeah, school. Yeah, yes. He's like, oh, I've seen someone else do this, and now I'm going to try it. Yeah. And like- he looked like... It it felt like it felt like Joe Burrow was just like I'm the fucking dude like I'm gonna drop my nuts like what's up baby like I'm chilling like I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks like I'm just gonna do me and fucking win football games and don't care. Spencer Spencer Rattler was like Joe Burrow fucking did this. I'm gonna do this. He was even like making eye contact with the camera in the most awkward way too, and it was just like dude Dude, he he looked like he told the guy to record. Yeah. Yeah yeah. He He was like like, hey man record this hit hit the button okay are you going are you going yeah. (laughs) yeah it was like hey man i'm gonna light up this cigar so that you can fucking record this like that's literally what it's that was so cringy dude yeah he he is a fucking loser but they beat clemson which is awesome uh dj uyunglele fucking stinks so i disagree he was what eight for 29 he had 99 yards dude Eight for 29 against I, South Carolina? Hey, I don't disagree with you that DJ stinks. I disagree with you that it was good that they beat Clemson. I, I'm rooting for Clemson the rest of this year. Yeah. I, but I also like seeing fucking good teams lose. Like, it's fun. I, I I know I said Clemson's a one-loss ACC team. I take that one back because I'm an idiot. Yeah, the two losses. Forgot two about that. Two loss. Yeah. So, yeah, now it is an actual all-how breaks loose. Yeah. Who does um, USC play in the Pac-12? They play Oregon? Did Oregon win? No, Oregon no, lost. Oregon lost to Oregon State. What the fuck is happening? I don't know state, what's dude? going on, dude. They play Utah again? Um, I don't know. Pac-12's irrelevant. UCLA? Who fucking knows? Well, also, shout out to fucking Texas A&M. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, speaking of good teams losing, love to see LSU lose. They dropped down, I think, to 11. And uh, that was... That I I was listening to a podcast earlier on Sunday, and it was like uh, that was the epitome of like, would the real BK please stand up? Like Slim Shady. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. Does they're not actually as good as their record showed. Yes. And the fact that they beat Bama was a complete anomaly. Yeah. Now now you get to see the real, just questionable loss to a overhyped team, trash bag team in yeah. Texas A and M. Yeah. The usual, seen a million times. That, that would have been uh, Saturday would have been like the definition of living hell if LSU won because Michigan won, yeah, USC won, and then LSU won, and that would have I would I, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, I will say I don't hate LSU as much as you do. I I'm in it more for like the uh, comedic factor. Like, I know you, like, don't like Brian Kelly and hope he loses. Yeah. I don't. I'm not going to be out there and be like, I hope he loses. But I think it's funny when he does. I, so I saw this. I forget. I, I like doing, I like rooting. I'm not going to say rooting against him. But I like when they, I like to see them lose solely because of the factor of, I want to prove him wrong. Agreed. Like, when he was like, I can't win because of the, like, recruits and because of the school, and then you go to a school like LSU, like, you basically have to win fucking immediately. Yeah. Or else you are proving yourself wrong. You're a hypocrite. Yeah. And I think that's very funny. Like I said, I'm not going to root against him. but I am. But— I got to keep him honest to his word. If he said he yeah. can't win here and he's going to take the easier route yeah. at a school that he thinks that he can get better talent okay. and win faster at, and he's still not doing that. Yeah. Like I said, I, I'm not going to root against him. I do think it's very funny when they lose. That's right. I'm actively rooting against him. <laughs> I'm not going to root against him. very funny <laughs> when they lose. So I saw this on Twitter Saturday night. I forget who tweeted it, but um, just to get your temperature on this. What is the—rank it from the most palatable to least palatable of USC making the playoffs, LSU making the playoffs, Michigan making the playoffs. What does palatable mean? Like, easiest for you to take in your fandom. USC making the playoffs, Mich- LSU making the playoffs, and Michigan making the playoffs. Yeah, that's my that was mine, too. But, I mean, like— like, the Michigan one, like, I don't know, like, it's, I guess it it would be the most palatable because I just know that it's going to happen. Like, if it's one where it's, like, all four, all three of them are fighting for the last spot, and I'm like, who do I want in? Yeah. Like, USC. R- right, but like, right, right. But, like, this put, year, put I can't. Put yourself in that situation. Yeah, yeah. USC, LSU, Michigan. Agreed. But, like, at the same time, like, I, like... I just know that Michigan is going to make the playoffs so that it doesn't really matter to me anymore. But I would say it's going to be funny when they lose to Purdue. Yeah. Dude, I would pay so much money to watch Purdue beat Michigan. So much money. I, like I said, dude. I I will celebrate that like Notre Dame won the national title. I, I swear to god, those would be I, on like the same level for me. I don't know how the Big 10 can honestly look at itself and say, "Yes, we produced an honest champion" when you're having a top 2 ranked team go is pretty ranked. Uh, I don't think no. so. Yeah, no. go up against an unranked team for your conference championship? What are you doing? I don't understand how like the Michigan schedule got approved. I don't either. Like that's that's what I'm more concerned they about. Had I think they had eight of their twelve games at home this year. Yeah, and they didn't play. They didn't play a ranked opponent until like uh, early November. It's like, dude, like I don't, I don't get how that's, I don't get how that's possible. Oh, Notre Dame just flipped a three-star offensive lineman, Christopher Tarek or Tarek, from Wisconsin. Suck oh, it, Luke Fickle. Suck it. <laughs> Luke Fickle could never. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, uh, Michigan's schedule wild. I get it that they beat Ohio State, but that was their only good win of the whole year. But I mean, fair—they took care of business. I can't—I can't knock them. Yep. Maybe that's the model moving forward. It is what it is. Just schedule one good yeah. team. that's what—that's what really for real. That's what Notre Dame should do. And then everyone's like, to the conference. You're like, fucking look what Michigan did, you bitch. Well, we, we dismissed the join a conference thing when we beat every single ACC team for, like, however many games in a row it is. So now let's just go play, like, UConn, Boston College. But then it's also, like, it's also like such a dumb thing because it's, it's like, join a conference. Like, you guys need to play a harder schedule. It's like, we played the hardest schedule out of anybody in fucking national football this year. Yeah. Like anybody in college football, we played the hardest schedule. So, like, shut the fuck up, join a conference, because we need to play a harder schedule. And we, we, already, in, we already played the hardest. We went 8-4 and four with a first-year head coach and a second-string quarterback. Yeah. So it's like, uh, shut the fuck up, you dickheads. People are dumb. Uh, moving on to the NFL. The Bears lost. Yep. In a non-competitive fashion. Shot to Trevor Seaman. <coughs> fucking, that's about all I gotta say. He's <laughs> a Trevor Simeon. Yep. <laughs> but it's spelled like Seaman, so... Uh, yeah. The fact that he was on the practice squad and then was the name the starter because uh, whoever backs up Justin Fields got hurt in warmups. That's that. Uh, oh, the best. Who gives a fuck? As long as we lose, dude. <laughs> yeah. We've already done everything we needed to do this season. Just lose the rest of the games. Yep. Yep. I really have nothing else NFL wise or any other sports. Uh, the White Sox. Are in agreement with Mike Clevenger, pitcher. I really like this move. Okay. Did the Sox give up anyone? Nope. Signed Just him. Signed him. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. I nice. really, really like this move. Uh, he was originally with the Indians. I was gonna say he was in Cleveland, and then he went to San Diego. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is—is is he can can he be healthy? Because when he was on. Cleveland he was arguably a top two starter mm-hmm. so you're you're signing this guy to at this moment kind of fill your like five hole four or five hole so if he can fill your four or five hole but also have the potential to be a top two in your rotation right, right. like it's perfect yeah so I love the move I, I'll be very interested they haven't came out with the reports on what his contract is I'll be very interested to see what his contract is, because, like I said, like he can be a top two guy, but with all the injuries, I don't think you're signing him to a deal that a top two guy would get. So, at the current point in time, what's your five? Um, I want—I still want to resign Johnny Cueto to a year, Frank. Yeah. Um. So I'm going Cease Kopack Lynn Clevenger Cueto. Cease, Kopack lynn clevenger frank and and if if they sign another you know starting pitcher i can no uh i can with him trading him um i can deal with not re-signing cueto if you sign another starting pitcher i can i'm fine with that i'm not like dead set on cueto i think as much as i hate to say it because i loved him last year i think last year was a little bit of an anomaly So you wouldn't go with Geo at the 5 and get rid of Cueto in an anomaly year for Cueto and you hope that Geo gets back to his former self? I wouldn't be mad, but, like, there's a lot of things with Geo that just didn't make me happy last year. Like, it's one thing if, like, you know— People are putting good hits, like you know, you're you're locating pitches, and people are just fucking making good hits. Mm-hmm. He wasn't one. He wasn't fucking locating at all, and two, he's a fucking two pitch pitcher. Like, is if if one of his pitches is off, he's fucked. Normally, it's like you have like four to five pitches, and it's like okay, like if this isn't working, I'm going to go to this pitch. And if that's not working, yeah. I'm going to go to this pitch. Yeah. Gio is literally change up fastball with a slight slider. And so all of his pitches move one direction. And if he can't throw one of them, you just have to sit on the other one. And for a lot of the time, it was fucking his changeup didn't work. So people would just sit on a fastball and his fastball didn't have the ride that it normally does. And he would throw it down the middle and just get fucking rocked all year. And I get it that, like, do I think he can be good? Yes. But, like, am I going to be mad if they trade him? Absolutely fucking not. So, I still believe in him. Yep. But if you can trade him and get fucking anything, I'm trading him. Fair. I don't think he's an ace. His career... Hit- Ark has just been an absolute roller coaster. Yeah, seriously. Like, dog shit, awesome, dog shit. Crazy good, and then bad again. Yeah. And now I'm just, I'm kind of waiting for the rebound. Like, yeah. I I mean, if you're following the, the, you know, the history, he should have a great year this year. Right. So that's why I'm like, I'm I'm willing to ride it out. Like I said, I wouldn't be mad if they did, but at the same time, like, I don't know. You fucking. Uh, Sunday night, as we're recording this, North Carolina Alabama is in just an incredible basketball game, triple overtime right now. So, as you're listening to this, you already know the outcome. But shout out to Javon Quinnerly, JQ Jelly fan, baby. Let's go. Um, any other sports talk you got? Uh, big game for the USA on Tuesday. Huge, yeah. Iran, yeah. You got to win to advance. Got a win to advance. So. Iran were it's fucking a coming for a bitch ass. Like they need to score yeah, more goals. No, they have to win. They can't. They can't tie. Because because so what what happened was we tied with Wales, so we got a point. We tied with England, so we got a point. Mm-hmm. Iran beat Wales. So yes. they have three. We have two. This so is, if we think- tie with them. They get a point, we get a point. They go up 4-3, and we don't get, we don't ah, advance. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. This is why I really don't like soccer, because ties. I mean, it's group stage, so. In your, yeah, but it's like, this is like the biggest tournament of Yeah, but then the you sport. go, yeah, but then you go into, it's to qualify for the tournament. They're not even in it? No, so you're in the World Cup, but then you have groups, and then you have the tournament. Yeah, ugh. Well, I like it. It makes <laughs> it makes do or die games. It's still it's still the same thing. You still have a do or die game. Give me something to do on a weekday. Tuesday at two, which fucking sucks. But goddamn, a fucking I almost won like a hundred fifty bucks on Friday, betting on the first goal. No. Oh i've been loving it dude it's a rush that first goal bet dude i've lost every single one but it's a fucking rush once one hits dude you're because it's be like up. it's like five bucks to win like 150 and yeah. you're like dude i fucking yeah i'll throw that any day of the week all you're looking for is one yeah we just gotta beat iran that's you, it you can go 30 bets and as long as one of them hits mm-hmm. you break even yep that's pretty good sweet pretty good okay beat iran baby go usa Moving on. Wrapping up the show here with some dumb thoughts, random stories, anything else. Um, we do have the best thing in the world to start with each letter of the alphabet. I think we're... Are we on D or E this week? Or today? I think D. I think D. Are you sure? I think so. I'm not sure. I have in my notes best thing to start with D. Okay. Um... Cause you know why I know that? Yeah. Because why? for C I put crack in a miller light, and for D I'm gonna put drink in a Miller of light. <laughs> How you fucking doing, dude? Like it's no, like, no, 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 no. We talked about D in the last episode. What do we? What was D? Um. I don't know. I forgot to update I my. I disagree notes. with you. I, I, dude, I put it in the notes for show two oh six. I don't think we talked about. I D. put I because my D notes were Dutton. And dads, oh yeah, yeah, we did talk about that. Dads, dads rock. E, E, best thing in the world to start with. E. the The problem here is, is that I left E blank. I have a full list of the alphabet here, and I don't have anything for E. The um, economy stinks. Nope. Yeah, I'm gonna go with esophagus because it's what the Miller light flows down into my body. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, I'm gonna. I th- I was thinking electricity. Oh yeah, electricity's good you because powers that powers everything else. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, but not electric eucalyptus. Cars. I love eucalyptus. Yeah, it's my favorite scent. A good eucalypti. Very calming. Eucalyptus is um, Eagle Eagle Igbot. Eagles. Cacaul- Eagles. USA. Oh, the bald eagle. Bald eagle, USA. Yep. America. Uh, I'll tell you what's not the best is England, you fuckers. Oh, Ever heard of the World War? (laughs) Also, (laughs) a very funny way to describe what happened with USA and England. Somebody tweeted this, and it was like, this is like very true. Uh, They said, imagine if England made an NFL team and played against our Pro Bowl team and tied them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, suck it, you fucking dickheads. It's called soccer now, you bitch. England can suck it. Even though they got cool chance. I like I like their chance. They got great chance. Fair. Are we about to have a fourth overtime in this game? Yeah, dude. Let's go. Run it back. Sheesh. Alright. Um Electricity and what was yours? Oh, the esophagus. Yeah. Alright, I'm updating the notes. Electricity and esophagus nice okay oh maybe not UNC gets the ball three seconds in their half oh no not good not quite good. literally the worst thing that could have happened for Alabama um I saw I'm pretty sure I saw a stat that uh North Carolina was the first team to have a ranked Football and basketball team lose in the same day, dude. Did you see they lost within like eight minutes of each other? Yeah, tough. It was it was like seven thirty four. Their football team lost, and seven forty two. Their fucking (laughs) basketball team lost. Not good. Suck it, cowards. Just their football team though. Not their basketball team. Their basketball basketball team team too. Well, that too, but not as bad as they. Their basketball team is actually like properly good. Sure, sure. The fucking football team stinks. Okay. Uh, any random stories, dumb thoughts? I don't think I have any today. Neither do I. Oh, um, I do have one. Okay. Um, so I have, I have something that I, I saw the other day that happened at the gym that is a legitimate deal breaker for me. Oh, okay. Um, so if a, if a girl that I was dating, if we like went on a walk, you like, let's go get some exercise. Mm-hmm. And she went bent elbow- swinging the hands when they walk. <laughs> I swear to God, that's a legitimately de- that's a legit deal breaker for you're me. You're talking for the people who didn't see, because that's everyone, because it's a podcast. Uh, 90 degrees yeah. at the elbows. Like, and then cooking, dude. Like You are like a power walker with some one pound weights. Like you're- If you do that when you walk, I swear to God, that is a legitimate deal breaker for me. For the Notre Dame fans, you're doing the dun, yeah. dun, dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Dude, dun. I, I'm not even kidding you. That is a legit <laughs> legitimate deal breaker that's pretty funny oh quadruple overtime yeah dude no joke i saw that at the gym the other day and i thought it was like i thought it was a like an old person thing where like once you reach a certain age you start kind of walking like that Mm -hmm. and then i saw a girl that was like around my age do it and i was like oh god like that's tough it's a bad look dude yeah Interesting move. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's the only thing I have. Yeah. Alright. That's all I got, too. Alright. Alright. Well, wrapping up, Shed Some Light, Episode 207. Thank you all for listening. Hope everyone has a fantastic week. We will be back uh, the next time that we record. So, if uh, in the meantime, if you could give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that greatly helps us out. Spread the word. Tell a friend, a coworker, a family member to listen to Shed Some Light It really helps us out. And we will talk to you next time. In the meantime, keep them cold. Keep them cold, everyone. Bosh.